everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Continuation Podcast. Uh, this is going to be episode four uh, of the podcast, of the series, and I, I can't be more excited to do this episode. Uh, this past week, we had a lot of NBA games, a lot of basketball in general, especially uh, with the March Madness tournament that just took place. We just had rounds one and two take take place this past weekend, and I am super, super excited to dive into this episode. Uh, so let's get right into it right now. What are we waiting for? As always, we always start off with the NBA and just do a quick little recap of the week, so let's get right into that. On Monday, March 13th, uh, we had quite the game. The Rockets, the Houston Rockets, upset the Boston Celtics 111-109. to uh, This game took place in Houston, and uh, this wasn't a game I got the chance to watch. I watched the highlights and recap after. Uh, but the Rockets' top guys seemed to step up. Uh, they stepped up to the occasion against a really top team in, in the Celtics, who are second in the East. This was the first of their three wins they rallied off in the week, and uh, now they're at 18 wins on the season. Still not very good at all, uh, but I was very surprised the Rockets won this game. Uh, we had Jalen Green with 28 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists. Uh, he was the top scorer. Jabari Smith for them, the rookie, had 24 points, 11 boards, 3 assists, and Kevin Porter Jr., uh, one of their more reliable guys, had 14 points, 6 rebounds, and 13 assists, which was great. Uh, they All their top players played real well. You had Kenyon Martin Jr. too, uh, who was in the dunk contest. He had 20 points. So they just ended up playing really well uh, against a good Celtics team, a, a good defensive Celtics team, I, I might add. Um, and, and like I said, the Celtics really didn't play. They didn't play that bad as a group, but they missed out on points from Jason Tatum that he usually gets. I mean, he had 22 points, um, eight rebounds, six assists. Still a good game, but for the standard of Tatum, definitely low. Um, but then we had Jalen Brown. He kind of made up for it. He had 43 points, five rebounds, two assists. And in a low-scoring game, a relatively low-scoring game like this, you'd think that would be enough. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, from what I saw, it was based on the stats. It seemed like they got out-rebounded really, really bad and just had a few too many turnovers. I think they had six more turnovers than the Rockets, uh, Boston did. And and stuff like that, and rebounding will cost you uh, in the end. And again, with two small teams, you don't really have that big of centers. Uh, rebounding is very important, especially in a game like this. So the Rockets beating the Celtics was definitely an upset I wanted to highlight. Moving on to Tuesday, March 14th, we had the Raps. Shout out the Raptors. Uh, they beat the Nuggets candidly. Uh, they won 125-110 to 110 in Toronto. This game was at Scotiabank Arena. Big win for the Raps at home. Fred Van Vliet, Freddie V, as we always love to see, he popped off. Uh, he had 36 points, 7 assists, and 3 steals. Um, next best for the city, for Toronto, was OG uh, Ananobi. Of course, he had 24 points, 3 boards, and 3 assists. And you'd love to see the Raps rallying together uh, to win a big game like this at home in front of the fans. Uh, this was a game I watched the end of. I didn't see the first and second quarter, but I did watch the third and fourth. And they just seemed to play really, really good. The team was playing really well. When Freddie's on, I think... I think we do play really well. Siakam didn't uh, play his best game, but when he's kind of playing that supporting role, I feel like sometimes he's a little more valuable, uh, kind of like what we saw in the championship run. He really knows how to accept his role when his shots aren't going in, and that's why Freddie was able to pop so much. Uh, similar to the Rockets game, it seemed like rebounding was a big factor in this. Uh, the Raps had 12 more total boards on the game. Uh, shout out to guys like Chris Boucher. Shout out to guys like Precious Achua, who are dominating the glass against a pretty big, uh, a pretty big Denver team. Um, Denver, on the other hand, they shot terribly 
from the field. Uh, not too much from the field. They were about 50%, but from three, rather. They shot really bad. They were 24% from three. Uh, the team played good. Jokic had 28 points, eight boards, seven assists. Uh, you had Michael Porter Jr. for them. He had 23 points, six boards, and two assists. Uh, but what they were really missing was Jamal Murray, surprisingly. Uh, he struggled in his hometown. Guy's from Toronto. He's from Oakville. And he really struggled. He only had 14 points, two rebounds, nine assists, though. But uh, he was shooting 27% from the field on the game. So that really hurt Denver. And that's a big reason why they lost, I would say, uh, based on watching it. This game marked Denver's fourth straight loss in a week. Um, but not to worry. They're still first in the West as of recording this episode, as the day I'm recording this episode. But a little bit worrying for them, I would say. I've talked about them in previous episodes. I really hope they pick up these uh, these weird losses. But uh, shout out to the Raps. Big W for us. Uh, moving on to Wednesday, March 15th, Celtics squeaked by the Timberwolves, uh, 104-102. This game took place in Minnesota. Um, talking about the Celtics again, but I thought this game was a lot closer than it should have been. Should have been rather. Jalen Brown, he had another big night for the Celtics. Uh, he had 35 points, 10 boards, and shot 62% from three, uh, which is insane. Uh, Jason Tatum, again, a little low scoring for him. He had 22 points, 12 rebounds, which is a lot. But he was 0 for 8 from 3, which is just something we don't see from Jason Tatum. The guy was in the three-point contest, for goodness sake. So uh, so that's pretty, I feel bad for him there. But they still got the W. Timberwolves even had a 14-point lead at one point, uh, which I was, I was surprised they gave up. I think it was early in the game. This was another game I didn't really end up watching. Um, but when you play against such a defensive team like the Celtics, you don't really find those leads getting that big. So uh, for them to blow that, that was pretty bad. Um, but for them, they had Anthony Edwards. He was their best. He had 28 points, 10 boards, 7 assists. I mean, their bigs played pretty solid against the Celtics. I mean, Celtics, we all know, they're small ball. I mean, their biggest guys like Marcus Williams. They don't play too big, but they're really effective in guarding, uh, in guarding guys like that. Um, but yeah, uh, so that was pretty nuts to see. Um, but Minnesota probably should have won this one, like I said. You know, Rudy Gobert. 15 points, Jaden McDaniels, 14 points, Kyle Anderson even had 15 points too. I mean, they really should have taken this one. Um, but at the end of the game, I did watch the end. Uh, Marcus Smart ended up closing it out for Boston, despite all the points for uh, Jalen Brown. It was Marcus Smart who closed this one out. He had uh, the last three buckets, pretty clutch for them. And he was also making big defensive plays. Uh, so, yep, close game there, closer than it should have been. Moving on to Thursday, March 16th, we had the Pacers shock. A healthy Bucks team, which uh, which I didn't expect. Final score was one thirty nine to one twenty three. The game took place in Milwaukee, and Milwaukee's got a pretty great uh, home record. So this was pretty surprising. They're twenty eight and seven at home this season, so just their seventh loss there. Um, but this was another big win for the Pacers against a top NBA team. I've talked about them in past episodes. Um, this is the top team actually in the NBA at the moment. Celtics are, or sorry, Milwaukee is currently first in the East and has the best record in the NBA. Um, but yeah, the, the Pacers right now, they're one game down from earning a playing spot over the Bulls. And I think if they keep playing this way, they could. And they were missing, uh, they were missing Tyrese Halliburton this game, who's their best player and a, and a first time all-star this year. But, uh, what got it done for them was, uh, Canadian Andrew Nemhard. He led the way for them. He had 24 points, one board, five assists. Um, and alongside his buddy, <laughs> ironically, Buddy Heald, uh, he had 20 points, four rebounds and six assists. Um, but someone who was really big for Indiana in this game was their combo guard, TJ McConnell. Uh, he was piping hot off the bench. The guy had 19 points, three boards, and three assists, shooting 75%. So shout out to him. Big, big game. 
gets a big, big team. Way to show up to the occasion, McConnell. Uh, Giannis was held to 25 points, 9 boards, 5 assists in this one. And he didn't really have much help from his supporting cast. I mean, other than Drew Holiday, Drew had 19 points, 7 boards, 11 assists. I'm sure a lot of those assists went to Giannis, uh, Giannis's buckets. But he didn't really have much help. And I, I was really surprised the Bucks lost this one, man. I was, I was really shocked. Um, but yeah, moving on to our final game of the week that I wanted to highlight. Friday, March 17th, we had the Lakers lose to the Mavericks 111-110 in a nail-biter. And uh, this one was actually lost by the Lakers off a final buzzer-beater shot in Los Angeles. Uh, so what happened in this one? Kyrie, he was back to his old ways. Uh, he scored 38 points, 6 boards, 6 assists. Absolutely popped off. And him and Luka haven't really been playing that much for for uh, Dallas and we see when they don't play it really really hurts the team and it, it they don't even come close to winning without them so we need those guys playing and this this showed that um but other than that he didn't really have much help uh Christian Wood had 12 points nine boards eight assists and four steals so good defensive game for him but didn't go too crazy on the offensive end um but like I said uh, at the end of the game Kyrie had the ball and he kicked it off he got double teamed quick when they were down two points, kicked it to Maxi Kleber, the 6'10 German power forward, and he absolutely splashed a game-winning three at the buzzer to win it. Um, he actually did so right in the face of Anthony Davis. And speaking of Anthony Davis, he had 26 points, 10 boards, and 3 assists in this one, and then, which was a pretty average game for him. Um, uh, I saw the highlights of this game. You could see at the end of the, at the end there, everyone thought Kyrie was going to take the shot. He usually does force it up, even if he's getting double teamed. He finds a way. He's such a great scorer. But Anthony Davis left Clever open. He got too distracted, and Kyrie ended up kicking it out, and Clever splashed it. So, uh, so Lakers shouldn't really lost this one. They had it. They had it in their uh, in their hands, and they let it go. Um, but again, despite the Lakers uh, losing this one, they've been looking pretty good without LeBron. I mean, they're still in the ten spot, um, just barely in a playing game. But I think they will get in, and I I really think they'll they'll make it past the playing round just because they're a good team, especially if LeBron gets back. They've been playing good. So that's going to do it for our NBA. Let's move on to the best part of the episode, the best part of basketball right now in the world, the March Madness Tournament. All right. Like I said, uh, March Madness was absolutely crazy. Uh, this past weekend, as I said, the dance did not disappoint. Uh, it was upsets galore. My bracket that I made with my school uh, friends is absolutely busted to shreds. Um, but right now, let's just go over how many picks I got wrong from last week's episode and uh, and try and celebrate the few I got right. So if you remember, I picked the winners who I thought would come out of the first two rounds. So who's my sweet 16? I'm going to show you who I picked and then uh, who actually got in and then uh, kind of where I went wrong and uh, and kind of why these picks happened. So let's start it off. Moving to the South Conference. Uh, my pick, this I actually got right, which I was very shocked. Um, last episode, I picked Alabama for San Diego San Diego State to be the one of the two matchups out of the South. Um, and they actually did. Alabama's a one seed. San Diego State is a five seed. Um, Alabama, they had no problem getting through Texas A&M, CC, and Maryland. Um, which is pretty as expected. I have Alabama winning in my in my actual pool, and they're really really strong. Um, again, I'm a little bit suspect because one of their best players is a freshman in Brandon Miller, but they are looking really really good right now. Uh, San Diego State, on the other hand, they had a bit of an easier path to the third round. 
Um, and that was because Virginia got upset to Furman in round one. Uh, this was not something I would have predicted. I had Virginia, or I had San Diego State beating Virginia in the second round, but Furman actually beat them to it. Um, so San Diego State only had to beat them. So they beat Charleston, a 12 seed in the first round, and then Furman in the second round. So a little bit easier of the way, but still very impressive to make that Sweet 16. So that was one of the picks. Like, all right, uh, moving on to the second matchup, second matchup of the Sweet 16 in the South. My pick was the number two, Arizona, to be facing off against the number six seed, Creighton. What actually happened is Creighton did get through, but Arizona lost in the first round. And who do they lose to? But Princeton. Princeton actually made it into the Sweet 16. They won two rounds as a 15 seed, which is absolutely crazy. Um, but like I said, I got the Creighton pick right thanks to Ryan Nemhard, Andrew Nemhard's brother. Andrew Nemhard's on the Pacers. I mentioned him just previously. But Ryan, quite good. Again, shout out to him. Canadian from Vaughn. Absolute stud of a player. He propelled the Blue Jays uh, past a pretty established Baylor team in the second round. I watched this full game. He had like 28 points. He played absolutely unreal and just like broke their press effortlessly the whole game. Uh, so shout out to him and Creighton. Got that pick right. Chiching. Um, but Princeton, on the other hand, like I said, they shocked everyone. Uh, they upset Arizona, busted everybody's bracket in the first round, which was crazy. Uh, and then they even torched a Missouri team and, and made it look even easier than the Arizona game in round two. Um, so, like, this team is good, man. Them boys can shoot. Um, but they also play a really clean offensive game. I mean, like, they got all five players touching the ball, every possession. So when they're going into a, a team like this, a team like Creighton now with two really good basketball teams, it's going to be a great game. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, no one expected Princeton to make it there. So I definitely got that one wrong uh, since they beat Arizona in the first round. All right, moving on to the East Conference for our two picks, the Sweet 16 matchups. The first one I picked Memphis versus Tennessee to come out uh, in the Sweet 16. What actually happened was Tennessee made it through. They won their first two rounds, but they are going to be facing off against FAU, who's a nine seed, um, which is absolutely crazy. So in this little matchup bracket, um, I actually picked, like I said, I had Memphis winning. I had Memphis upsetting Purdue in the second round. Uh, but Purdue didn't even make it out of the second round. They lost to Farley Dickinson, a 16 seed um, in the first round. It's the second time this has happened ever in the NCAA tournament. And it's been going along for a while, folks. Uh, the only other time this has happened, a 16 seed has beat a one seed in the first round, was UMBC beating Virginia in 2018. Uh, so this was nuts. But like I said, I had Memphis beating them, but they didn't even get a chance to go there. Memphis lost in the first round as well. Um, so what happened was Farley Dickinson ended up playing against FAU. And it was quite a great game uh, in that second in the second round. But FAU, ultimately their uh, star players got out on top and they ended up beating the 16th seed. Um, but like I said, they're playing against Tennessee. Uh, I predicted Tennessee got that correct. Um, I didn't think they were playing that well heading into the tournament, honestly. And I thought they had a chance of getting out first round. I mean, they only did win by three uh, in the first round. I forget who they played. I think it was Louisiana, I believe. Um, but they had no issue getting past Duke. They won by 13 points against a pretty good Duke team. So Tennessee and FAU out of there. Um, uh, the next pick out of the East for the Sweet 16, I had Marquette, number two seed, going against Kansas State. What the actual matchup is, is Kansas State, I got that right, versus Michigan State, the seven seed. Two state teams, you love to see it. Uh, like I said, I got Kansas State right. 
those guys are balling out. Um, and, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, but they got a story about one of their players, Keontae Johnson. And, and that makes me root for this team even further in this tournament. So I'm going to explain that a little bit later. Um, but they got through. They, they dominated their first two-round matchups. And then, like I said, Michigan State shocked a lot of people, including myself, them, and their head coach, Tom Izzo. Very established, very respected head coach. Uh, they upset number two, Marquette, which actually spoils my bracket big. I had Marquette in the final four for my school bracket, so that absolutely sucks. Um, but it's great for the tournament. You love to see the upsets. So like I said, it's going to be Kansas State, Michigan State, and then FAU and Tennessee in the Sweet 16 in the East Conference. Moving on to the Midwest, my pick for the Midwest, the first matchup out of the Midwest in the Sweet 16 was number one Houston versus number four Indiana. What actually happened was Houston made it through as a number one seed. You love to see that. But they're going against number five, the University of Miami. Um, Miami looked strong. Let me tell you, they beat out Indiana, who I had picked to make it in. I really thought Indiana would take them, but I was sadly mistaken. Um, they have a senior guard, Isaiah Wong. He's a fifth-year senior, and he absolutely carried you, Miami, to a Sweet 16. I mean, um, like they played really, really well. Uh, they beat an established team, uh, an Indiana team with Trey Jackson Davis. They crushed them by 16 points, made them look silly near the end of the game. So shout-out to Miami. They're good. They're a talented team, and they got some experience at the guard play. Um, but Houston, on the other hand, like I said, they made it through as expected. I got that one right, thank God. Uh, they looked incredibly strong. Uh, their second round matchup, they even sat out Marcus Sasser and another top guard for like the last 10 minutes uh, against Auburn, and they still won by like 17 points. Uh, so this team, two of their centers combined for 12 blocks in the game. I mean, this team is scary. I don't think anybody wants to play this team. Um, so I'm glad I got that right. I'm glad I had that right because they're quite strong in the tournament. Uh, moving on to the second matchup in the Sweet 16 out of the Midwest. I picked number six, Iowa State, to face off against number two, Texas. Uh, what actually happened was Texas did make it through, but Iowa State did not. It's going to be Texas versus Xavier in that second uh, matchup out of the Midwest in the Sweet 16. Um, I'm pretty embarrassed to say I picked Iowa State to make the Sweet 16 uh, because they lost to Pittsburgh by 18 points in round one. Got just swept off the floor. So that is my bad, picking that team. Um, though, on the other side, we look at Xavier. They're stronger than I thought they would be, uh, but they do have to play a top seed in Texas now. So that should be a good wake-up call. They haven't really played anybody too, too good. I think they played a 12 and a, a 9 seed. Uh, so not too good, but they're going to they're gonna have a tough matchup now with Texas. Uh, but Texas, on the other hand, they're proving their seeding. I mean, they beat a very, very good Penn State team in the second round. Penn State was a team that, a lot of people I know had making it past, uh, making it past that second round just because of how deep they were. They beat Purdue um, pretty well uh, late in the season, um, and they probably, if they were in any other conference, I could see them in the Sweet 16. I think, uh, I think going against Texas, I think like that was unlucky for them. So those are my picks. That's what really happened out of the Midwest for the Sweet 16. Moving on to the West, the final conference. My first, my two picks. Uh, the first one, I had Kansas going against VCU. This was completely wrong. What actually the matchup is going to be is number eight, Arkansas, versus number four, UConn. Uh, like I said, totally botched this pick. Both teams wrong. Um, Arkansas, who's going up against UConn, like I just said, they got, they really surprised me. I mean, they were struggling going into the dance, um, but they played amazing as a team to beat the one seed Kansas in the second round. Their first game, they beat uh, I, uh, Iona, I believe it was. 
and uh, they just absolutely had a great game against Kansas. It was a great game to watch. Uh, their guard, Devontae Davis and Ricky Council, their two guards, played out of their minds. I mean, near the end of this game, everybody was getting fouled out for both teams. Devontae Davis even got fouled out, but Ricky Council shut it down. And uh, it was just, it's a, it's a great thing. You love to see it, especially for Arkansas's head coach, Eric Musselman. Uh, he earned a much-deserved shirt-off, two-arm flex at the end of the game. The guy actually took his shirt off after they won because he was so excited. Uh, so shout out to them. They're a great team. Going to be tough to beat. UConn, on the other hand, they look strong as well. Uh, but similar to Xavier, I feel like they had an easy path uh, to the third round. Um, like they just didn't play that many teams. Sorry, it was UConn that played Iona, and then they played St. Mary's. So two not not too strong schools. Um, but they're they're still a good team, and they're going to be tough. It's going to be a tough matchup for Arkansas. But like I said, I got those two picks wrong. Uh, and to the final pick, the second matchup out of the Western Conference. Uh, I picked and got right Gonzaga to face UCLA. Uh, and I'm very glad I got this pick right because this is a matchup I really desperately wanted to see. It's a rematch of the 2021 Final Four. And it uh, it should be an electric game, especially with the history. Gonzaga's extremely, extremely good. And this is something you just love to see. And uh, UCLA is a good young team too. It's two great programs going head-to-head against one another. And like I said, it's that historical rematch. So we love to see that. So that's kind of a recap of the Sweet 16, the actual picks versus my picks. Now, I have to, have to, have to give my picks for the Final Four. Because as we know, heading in this week after my podcast episode is released, rather, we're going to have the Sweet 16 games and then the Elite Eight games. I'm telling you guys, March Madness is the best time of year. Unbelievable. I absolutely love it. Ah, so now it's time to bust out my final four picks. Who I think is going to make the final four, who I think is going to win the Sweet 16, and then Elite Eight games. And this is going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. It was really tough for me to pick out these teams, considering how many upsets I saw this past weekend. Like, just absolutely mind-blowing things. Mind-blowing games. Uh, So let's talk about it. Out of the South and East Conference, my matchup for the final four is the number one seed Alabama against the number four seed Tennessee. Now, based on the way Alabama's been playing, I think they make it through San Diego State, no problem. And then I do think they beat Creighton uh, or whoever Creighton's playing uh, because I just, I, I, I can't, I just, I think they're too strong. I mean, their guard plays great. They got Brandon Miller, the freshman, who's a high flying, small forward, power forward, who no one can seems to guard. So I think they make it out of this, no problem. Um, it would be a great semifinal matchup, them playing against Tennessee. Like I said, Tennessee didn't think they were playing that well, but I was sadly mistaken. They're a strong, strong team, and uh, I think they could definitely make it through as well. Um, but this would be a great matchup between two large, large football schools uh, facing off in basketball. So I really hope this happens. So like I said, out of the South and East Conference, I got Alabama versus Tennessee. Now, out of the West and Midwest Conference, the other side of the Final Four, the other semifinal, I have the number one seed Houston versus the number eight seed Arkansas. Now, wouldn't this just be crazy? Arkansas, I told you, I told you guys about them. They would have they would have to upset some pretty big schools. They'd have to beat UConn first and foremost, and then they'd have to take out either Gonzaga or UCLA. All three great, great basketball programs. But based on the passion I saw, based on their two guard play, their guard plays, based on some of the bigs they had in there, I think they can do it. I mean, they beat Kansas. This was a favorite, one of the favorites for the tournament. So I really think they can make this Final Four um, for the fourth time in the school history it would be. 
and they got that coach. He's a passionate coach. I, I, it's a little bit weird, but I do want to see him take his shirt off and flex again. I think that was the funniest thing I've seen in March Madness uh, so far. But like I said, Arkansas versus Houston. Already talked about Houston a little bit. Just so strong at both ends of the floor. They got shot blocking. They got deep guard play, senior guards. Uh, they got guys that can shoot, drive. They can break presses, no problem. And I think they're going to be too overwhelming uh, for for a team like Miami or Texas or, or anything like that. So I think I think they make it out of this for sure. So those are my final four. I got Alabama versus Tennessee and then Houston versus Arkansas. Can't tell you who I think is going to make it out of that until next week. Um, but that is going to do it for our March Madness section. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Let's move it on to the dunk and plunk. No time to spare. Let's get it going. Dunk and flunk segment. The best segment out of the continuation podcast. Without further ado, let's get it going to our dunk of the week. Uh, I'm going to stick to the NCAA theme. One thing I wanted to highlight that I find is definitely a dunk. Um, a little more on the serious side, but still a dunk nonetheless, is Kansas State's Keontae Johnson story. Uh, this, this story is a dunk of the week for sure for me. Um, and I'm going to explain a little bit for those of you that are listening. Uh, so Keontae Johnson, he is a small forward, power forward, pretty big player. Um, he originally played for the University of Florida uh, back in 2020. He was a sophomore or freshman back in 2020. Um, and during one of the games, he was he collapsed mid-game and he was stretched off the floor. Now what ended up happening to Keontae uh, was unknown. He had a little bit of a seizure and he was actually in a coma for three days following this this collapse on the floor of, a, of an actual in, in the middle of a college game and not only was his future in basketball in jeopardy but it's just everyday life as a whole um and so he ended up doing rehab for about a year missed out his year in college missed out florida's chance in the march madness he was a key player for them very talented guy got went to img academy really really highly recruited he missed out another year doing rehab and he had the decision to make to opt in for the NCAA's $5 million insurance fund uh, or to go back to Florida and try to give it a go. But Florida wasn't really feeling it just based on what happened and, and the insurance and the liabilities and everything with that. So he had a choice to either take this fund or try and bet on himself and go transfer to another school. And that's exactly what he did. He bet on himself. He transferred to Kansas State for this season. This season alone, this is his first season with the team. Uh, once, once he got back to healthy, got back full recovery after this crazy event and so the amazing thing about this story is uh this year kansas state wasn't even projected they were projected to be last in their conference and and he is such a great player he carried this team um as their leading scorer and rebounder all the way into this march madness tournament to a top team in their conference i think they were third in their conference and you look at the second round they beat the first round easily no problem kansas state they won and then we go to the second round facing off against a strong Kentucky team uh John Calipari great great coach has been in the tournament countless amount of times for Kentucky very tough very tough task for them and what does he do he hits a huge clutch three-pointer at the end of the game to send Kansas State past this stacked Kentucky Kentucky team sorry and this is just something I wanted to highlight because it's such a great story it shows the resilience um of these of these athletes and the things that some of them go through and it's how like how talented he is and I'm so happy to, to highlight this because I think it's really important for the game and just to show that 
that you just never give up, right? You love to see this. These are the things that they make features about in ESPN, and it's what they should highlight because it's a great, great story. So this is definitely the dunk uh, for this week in, in the world of basketball. And for his sake, I really hope this team goes on even further in the tournament, making it past Sweet 16. And heck, maybe making it past the Elite Eight into the Final Four. I hope they spoil my Final Four pick uh, just because of this story. So that's going to be the dunk of the week, Keontae Johnson. Moving on to the flunk of the week. Uh, we're going to keep it consistent. NCAA theme. This is something I absolutely love to see. Uh, this is just the madness in full effect. Our flunk is going to be Purdue. The number one seed Purdue. Their loss to Farley Dickinson University. Uh, like I said before, this was the second time this has ever happened in the entire history of the tournament. And I, and I really do think it was because of their guard play. Like I said, I had Purdue going out second round no matter what. I mean, I really thought they weren't that good. I honestly didn't even think they deserved to get a one seed just based on their, they had two losses to uh, to Indiana early in the year. They had lost to Penn State late in the, or they had a tough game against Penn State where they barely, barely won uh, late in the conference tournaments uh, before the tournament, before the big tournament, the big dance. And they just weren't that good, other than the Canadian, shout out Canadian, Zach Eady, the seven foot four center, who's definitely the best player in the nation. They just didn't have guard playing. You really need that guard play in the tournament to break the presses and kind of get you through that late game. Uh, so this was definitely a flunk. It just can't happen. You got to be ready to play, especially when you have such a good team, especially when you're a one seed and you get that 16 seed. But hey, you got to give Farley Dickinson their credit. Those guys played super, super tough. They're a short team that was able to really limit Zach Eady. I mean, he still had like 27 points, um, but they limited him near the end, took away took away his time and space, didn't get into too much foul trouble, uh, but a flunk definitely on Purdue's part. And uh, yeah, that is going to be the flunk of the week. Okay, moving on to the fourth and final segment of this continuation podcast episode. I don't even have to say it. Everybody should know what it is. It's the betting segment. We're going to jump right into it. Let's go over the picks that I made in week two that are now. They've been, uh, the, the games have been played. And I'm a little bit sad to say um, I did have the same record as my week last week, which was week three. So let's go over it. Uh, this week on the bets, I picked five underdog teams in the NBA. Um, that I said could help boost your guys' parlays and give you that extra chance to win some extra money. Um, But this week, I did have three losses and two wins. Negative again. Um, This puts me with a record of four and six in total on the series. So four wins, six losses. I'm sad to say it, guys. But do keep in mind, I am picking the underdog. But I don't want to make excuses. I should be getting positive. And I know I'm going to get positive before the end of this school year. So hang tight with me. Believe. Believe. Okay? All right, let's go over it. Uh, On Monday, I had the Sacramento Kings to beat Milwaukee uh, in Sacramento. I was sadly mistaken. Milwaukee won this game. Uh, Moving on to Tuesday, uh, the 14th, I had Portland beating New York in New York. Again, sadly mistaken. Dame Dame time couldn't get it done for me. The Knicks ended up winning that game. Moving on to Wednesday, I had the Spurs beating the Mavericks at home in San Antonio. And I did get that incorrect. I mean, I really thought the Mavs, without their top guys, I didn't think that thing. I thought San Antonio would be able to pull off the upset, but they're they're not too good of a team, so they weren't able to do it. But my two wins came late in the week. Thank goodness. On Thursday, I had Brooklyn to cover the spread against Sacramento in Brooklyn. 
The spread was five and a half, and they did lose by six. So that does cover the spread. Get the money in the bank. Got that one correct. Um, on Friday, I had the Bulls beating the Timberwolves in Chicago. And I don't know how much how much money there was in this one. Timberwolves are ahead of the, the Bulls. I mean, in record, in total record, obviously different conferences. But, uh, but I did get this one correct. So hopefully, if you did tail, you won a little bit of money off that. Let's move on, though, and talk about this week's pick. It's the bounce back week. For this week's pick, starting with the week, the day, Monday, March 27th, I have the Philadelphia 76ers to beat the Denver Nuggets in Denver. Now, Denver has been playing that well, as of late especially, so I really think this could, this could get done, especially with the Sixers offense. Moving on to Tuesday, March 28th, I have the Atlanta Hawks to beat the Cavs in Atlanta. Cavs are a good team, but Atlanta's got a decent home record. They're about 19 and 15. Not that decent, but I think Tricky Trey could get this one done tonight. Or that night, sorry. Wednesday, March 29th, I got the Timberwolves beating the Suns in Phoenix. I think Anthony Edwards can get it done. I think they're playing good. I, I really hope they do keep playing good. And I think they could they could upset Phoenix in this one. So, so put your money on it, all right? Thursday, March 30th. I have the Celtics to beat the Bucks in Milwaukee. Celtics are a good team. Bucks are a good team. Two top teams in the East. It's going to be a big defensive-driven game. But I think if Tatum and Brown pop off all together and Marcus Smart has a good game and they hold off Giannis a little bit like the other teams have been doing lately, I think they win this one. Finally, Friday, March 31st, I got the Pacers over the Thunder in Indiana. Thunder should be just favorited in this if the Pacers end up being favorited because they're at home and because they've been playing decent lately take the spread I think the Pacers will win this one uh, by a pretty decent margin so those are going to be my picks uh, for the week of Monday March 27th if you do tail please tail responsibly and bet responsibly only with the money you have as always and um, yes good luck to you Okay, that is going to do it for our fourth ever episode of the Continuation Podcast. Uh, we talked a lot of NBA, gave you the picks. We talked a lot, a lot of March Madness. Um, and for those of you that are watching basketball this week, enjoy the NBA. But more importantly, enjoy that March Madness. Both the men and women's tournaments are super hyped. The women's tournaments is getting into gear early on this week. Um, the second round is taking place um, tomorrow on Monday. Um, some of the first rounds happened, but I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that until next week. So I can talk about the first two rounds together, kind of like the format I did here. Um, but yeah, you love to see this in the world of basketball, upsets, hoops every night to watch. So for those of you listening, I really do hope you enjoy and uh, get ready because there's many more weeks to come of, of all this entertainment. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep on hooping. Take care, guys. <laughs>